This podcast is presented to you by the Young Adults Ministry of Faith Chapel San Diego. To find out more, please visit faithchapelsd.com. Let's get into uh, tonight. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Uh, I'm so excited uh, to talk about this subject tonight, and I'm so excited for all that we've spoken about concerning your spirit over these last several months. This series on the Holy Spirit has just been so monumental, and I've gotten so much uh, feedback and even felt so much joy in my own heart concerning what we've been discussing. I know this is something that's been precious to you, and it's been inside your heart, God, so I thank you for us uh, being able to communicate this, and I'm thanking you for grace tonight as we talk about such a controversial topic, and I thank you, God, that um, only you could be our true instructor, so I thank you for coming and revealing truth and opening up minds and hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm excited to talk to you tonight, and what I want you to do is um, maybe you have uh, heard some things about this topic, or maybe you have some previous experiences or whatever, but maybe we can just do this as a family. Take all of our preconceived notions and ideas and set them all aside, and then come and let's take a look at the scripture and see what the scripture says for itself, and come with an open mind of saying, God, maybe you want to activate this in my life tonight. So tonight we're going to talk about the final gift that we've been talking about over these last several weeks, and that's the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is our inspirational gift. We're jumping in. We've talked about the revelation gifts. We've talked about power gifts. And tonight we're going to finish up the series on our our, uh, second and third inspirational gifts. Last week we did prophecy. Tonight is going to be tongues and interpretation of tongues. We'll make it pretty quick here. Okay, let's jump into this because I have a lot to cover. This is something I normally teach over the course of like eight weeks. So packing it into one night, that's going to be a lot of fun. So here we go. All right, it's a twofold gift. Everyone say twofold. Twofold. It's a twofold gift. Here's the first part. It's for public edification from the Spirit when interpreted. So that's for public edification, which means everybody gets edified from the Spirit when it's interpreted. We'll cover more of that in a minute. And the other side of the coin is that it is for private prayer, worship, and personal edification. So it's also, it's to benefit everybody, and it's to benefit personally. We're going to come into that a little bit more. Here's my in short. In short, it's this. In short, tongues is a supernatural language to build up the speaker to worship God, and to encourage others. That's my in short. It's to build you up, it's to worship God, and it's also to encourage other people. One thing is sure, I honestly believe this, out of all the gifts of the Spirit, I truly believe that the devil has worked overtime to attack this specific gift. It's why so much controversy encircles this gift, so so much misunderstanding. There's a reason why this is happening. I, I truly believe it's because the enemy... Has, has convinced Christians that, that it's not necessary, that it's not helpful, that it does more harm than good, and it's to be overlooked or even to be steered away from. And I think that there's uh, places, maybe you've been a part of a church, or maybe even you currently believe that. Um, that's fine. You know, what I want you to do, though, is I want you to continue, to, as we've been doing this whole time, to ask the Holy Spirit to say, reveal truth to me. Help me to understand. And, and take the bad, maybe a, a memory or something that you've had that was, you know, not what you hoped for and, and remove the baby from the bathwater and don't let it be something that goes down the drain and come back to a moment and say, God, help me to have understanding. Okay, so that's where we're, that's where we're at tonight. Let's talk about one side of the coin, public exhortation. One side of the coin, public exhortation, encouraging people publicly. So if you are following along with our notes on the app, make sure you do that on the Faith Chapel app and then make sure you're tracking along with us. The gift of tongues... And interpretation of tongues 
is the only gift of the Spirit that has been reserved for the New Testament church. Out of all the gifts that we have covered over the past couple of months, every single one of them, you can find an account for it in the Old Testament. The gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues is the only two of the gifts that has been reserved for a New Testament church. That alone speaks volumes to me. That tells me that God was like, you know what? I got some doozies. There's going to be miracles, and there's going to be healing, and there's going to be prophecy, and there's going to be discerning of spirits, and there's going to be all this awesome stuff. And for thousands and thousands of years, that was the case. And then he was like, you know what? But I got a secret weapon in my back pocket. I got a secret weapon that's going to be released after Jesus goes to the cross, dies, is resurrected, and the early church is going to come, and they're going to be praying and seeking God, and I'm going to give them a secret weapon that is going to be reserved for them. So this is like the freshest off the press gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me so far? Anybody? Okay, hi. Okay. You can find every other gift everywhere else except for these two. Okay. The gift shows up in operation in Acts chapter 2. Many of you guys know that. Acts chapter 2, just after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when 120 praying believers are gathered in that upper room. People heard them speaking in their own languages. These were different languages. These were actual existing languages supernaturally spoken by those operating in this gifting. Let's read it really quick. You guys know probably Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4. This is where they were praying and it says that on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all gathered together in one place and in one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house from which they were seated and divided tongues as a fire came and sat upon each of them and they all spoke with other tongues as they were filled with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance like it was amazing. That was 1 to 4. Now go to verse It says, and at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. There was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. We don't get that around here. We get Santa Ana winds where it's dry and terrible and you get chapped lips. Okay, that we're not talking like monsoon crazy winds in Hawaii. We're not talking about Florida where hurricane mile an hour winds. Like, I don't know what that even sounds like. I've never been there, okay? So if you live, anybody lived in tornado area? Like, I'm assuming when you're near tornado area, it's loud. Like, just the, the growl of it. I'm sure it was crazy. So that's literally what's happening. And the people are like, what in tarnation? And they're making their way over to this room to hear what's happening. Okay? So... When they heard, verse 6, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These uh, people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Okay, so they were speaking in known, existing, earthly languages supernaturally. Okay? Here's what Paul says. Paul says this in verse 22 of of 1 Corinthians 14. He says, so you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. In fact, a lot of 1 Corinthians 14, he's talking about the difference between what benefits you personally and what benefits people corporately. That's a big underlining tone of of the whole chapter of verse 14. But he's saying that tongues is a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. Now, clearly in this instance in Acts chapter 2, we see the proof of that. The sign was that all of these people were like, what in the world? You guys are Galileans, but I hear you speak in Spanish. 
I don't know if they were speaking Spanish, but they were speaking like my hometown language, you know what I'm saying? Like they were speaking a language that, that nobody else w- could have known. So it was supernatural to them, and it was a sign to them that God was doing something supernatural. So much like we're seeing on the day of Pentecost, all these unbelievers hear the mighty rushing wind, the sound. They get there, and then guess what? Peter stands up, preaches, and 3,000 people get saved and added to the kingdom. Boom, the birth of the early church comes out in a remarkable way. It's thrusted forward. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire comes upon these people. There's a fresh gift that's activated within the early church that begins to launch her into her destiny. And God's hand comes on the early church. And we see this start off the book of Acts, really. Remarkable. So it's interesting that we, what we think will deter people can often be what draws them in. What we think detours people is actually something that draws them in. I remember when I was just a young and naive youth pastor, and I was just coming in, and no one told me, like, here's how to do all the stuff of youth pastor. They were just like, can you stand on your own two feet and breathe? And I'm like, yes. They're like, cool, you're the one for the job. I'm like, yes. So I, I come in, and I didn't know what to preach. I was just preaching on things that I thought were cool. So I was like, what do I know about angels, about this much? I'm like, I'm going to preach on angels, because why not? So we get in. I'm like, what you preach about, you might bring about. So let's preach for the angels to show up, right? So I get in there, and I have a small youth ministry, and it's mostly people I know. And then, of course, the worst thing happens. A guest shows up. And I'm like, oh, God, what if, what if she doesn't believe in angels? What if she's never seen angels in the outfield? What if she's not, I don't, what if? What happens if, you know, I'm scared. Like, so I'm literally thinking about ditching my message because I don't want to offend her. Because I, I don't know, I don't know her. So, because I'm thinking she's going to be detoured. So literally, I'm like, oh God. So finally I feel convicted. I preach the message on angels. I preach about dreams and these encounters with angels and dreams. And it was just all this cool stuff. And, and uh, it was really revelatory to me. And I didn't even want to look at her the whole time because I was curious that she was probably sitting there like, what church did I come to? Weird people. And after the service, I go up and I talk to her, and uh, she has tears in her eyes. And she said, this is the very thing that God had been speaking to her heart that she was so curious on, but she had never been hearing anybody talk about it. And she didn't know where to look, and she didn't know how to find answers, and it was the one thing we preached on. That was Becca Avon back in the day. And so it was just a remarkable thing that it it showed me that I was like, just give it to her the way you're supposed to give it. What I thought was going to scare her away was actually what was drawing her in. And, and I think the gift of tongues is one of those things. It's one of the things we, like, don't talk about all often because there's controversy, but it's something that everybody kind of knows about or understands about. So we need healthy teaching on it so that we can continue to grow in our faith. Amen? Okay, so P- Peter's preaching at Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10. Here's what it says in verse 43. He says, he is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him, speaking of Jesus, will have their sins forgiven through his name. Verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. So this is a remarkable story because it doesn't say that Peter came down and laid hands on every single one of them and told them to repeat after him. Say, say to me, I should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Toyota. He didn't tell him to say that. Like, he told him just, I just, just preaching the word and creating an opportunity for encounter with God. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit falls on them. They start praising God. They start, they start uh, prophesying. They start speaking the word of the Lord. And they're speaking in tongues. And they're blown away. Because not only did this happen to, to Jewish people, but now it was happening to Gentiles as well. So it was a remarkable moment. 
I love that it just fell on him. You know why? Here's what I really believe. I believe, I believe if you're hungry, you get it. I believe hunger tongues on things that you don't have to ask all the right questions for. I believe when you're hungry and you just say, God, I just want more, you're going to get more than you bargained for. And I think we've created so much system, systems and so much methodology and all this stuff that you got to do this and step one and step two. And once you check all your boxes, come up, we're going to put a little oil on your, on your forehead in the shape of a cross. And when that's done, then you're going to get it. And, and it's maybe that works, but the bottom line is I truly believe if you're hungry and you just begin to cry out to God with a pure heart, you're going to receive more than you bargained for because he's a good daddy and he gives good gifts to his children, period. So you can take that to the bank and cash it. Okay. Tongues. It's the Greek word glossa. It's the language or dialect used by a particular people distinct from that of other nations. It's where we get our English word glossary, where I found all of my answers to all of my tests in middle school and high school. I'm like, I don't know what this is in the chapter. It's in the glossary. I'm going to find it. Is the gift of tongues for everybody. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people as a pastor where they say, I get that, but, but, but tongues isn't for everybody. To which I always come back to something that we talked about at the very beginning of this series, which is this. I truly believe if you get the gift giver, you get all the gifts. So when, is the Holy Spirit for everybody? Yes. Hands down. In fact, Jesus was the one that told us, hey, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't even belong to me. Because when you belong to me, you get the Holy Spirit. He comes and makes your, ho- your house, your temple, your body, the, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. He takes residence within you. And this is how we know that we are the sons of God. Is that his spirit on the inside of us creates this, this, uh, this uh, announcement to the spiritual world that we are his and he is mine. So we get the gift giver. So it's not like the Holy Spirit comes in and he's like, yes, I'm here, Grant. I love you, man. I'm in. I came with everything. And you're like, that's awesome. And he's like, here's all the gifts. Oh, wait, but I left tongues and interpretation back in heaven. I gotta go, I'm got to go. i going to have to go get that. Or, oh, I came into Ashley, but you know what? I left prophecy. I don't have prophecy on me today. Sorry, my bad. That's not how it works. Holy Spirit comes in. He's the gift giver. He got all the gifts. So is the Holy Spirit for everybody? Yes. So is tongues for everybody? Yes. Thank you. Paul's key. Here's what Paul's key was. Verse 18 of chapter 14. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. I mean, you know this verse. You might have heard it preached many times. But the bottom line is this this blows my mind. We wonder why Paul was such a beast. We wonder why Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We wonder why Paul had these radical encounters with the Lord. Dude was walking around praying in the Holy Ghost on a consistent basis so boldly that he told people over entire regions, I pray in tongues more than all you guys. It was a key that he was giving right there. He wasn't bragging. He didn't say it braggadociously. No, he stood up and he said, here's the key if you'll catch it. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues, and when you do that, you're going to see some things unlocked in your life. Verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would even rather that you prophesy. Remember I said again about chapter 14. He's talking about a lot of to do with personal edification, but also corporate blessing, corporate edification. So because of that, you praying in tongues personally is going to edify yourself. We'll talk about that a little more in just a minute, but, but, but prophecy is actually going to be something that can exhort all people. Why? Because you can understand it. It's in English. <laughs> you can get it. If 
I stand up here and pray in tongues for 45 minutes, you're going to sit up here and be like, what is anything I don't understand? There better be some interpretation that's going to come from that so that you can be exhorted as well and have some understanding. And I can't tell you how many times that I, I've had moments where I, I couldn't tell whether what I was doing was prophesying or I was interpreting a tongue. Because during worship, I'm often praying in my prayer language. I tell people in my, on my ministry team all the time, I say, if I come in here to pray for an hour, probably about 50 to 55 minutes of that hour is in tongues. Because I'm just not creative enough to pray for very long in English. I, I get to bless my wife, bless my kids, keep the dog alive. Thank you, Jesus. Bless Pastor Brian. The whole deal. San Diego needs revival. God, I'm hungry. Lord, I don't know. Just keep doing good things, Jesus. Amen. Uh, and I just go out and pray in spirit for the rest of the time. I'm like, I'm just going to get into that because I feel like I'm connected so much more. I can't pray in English. So anyways, you get my point. Paul said this. No, not everybody coming into a corporate gathering is going to have a message in tongues or its interpretation. So that's where people misinterpret that verse where Paul says, hey, does everybody who come in here have a tongue? And they think, see, they're not. Everybody's going to pray in tongues. No, he's talking about a corporate gathering coming together. Is every single one of you that's coming in together is going to have a message in tongue? No, he's not going to do it like that. That's clear throughout scripture. Why when we gather, we're, we're not going to have a word in tongues. That's absolutely true. But that's not utilizing an excuse for why each of us cannot have the gift of private devotional worship to the Lord or that God wouldn't utilize them in a corporate tongue publicly. So he's talking about a differentiation here between the public edification, which if we were to come into this room and you're going to use the side of the coin that is for uh, private devotional relationship with the Lord by praying in tongues, that is totally appropriate. But for everybody to come in here and have a tongue and an interpretation of tongue, and there's 80 of us to do that, that would probably not happen. I've never seen that happen. In fact, it would be contrary to scripture where he talks about, hey, two or three of you guys should prophesy and then hear what you're saying. My, my guy I listen to all the time, Damon Thompson, we were talking about prophecy. He went into a church and they had this one person come up and give a prophetic word and it was really amazing. And everyone was like, yay! And then another person came up right after and gave another prophetic word. And everyone said, yay! Then a third person came up, another word. Everyone, yay! Then the fourth person came up and gave another word. And he sat up and he's the guest speaker in their house. He comes up a couple of moments later and says, wow, a lot, a lot of prophets, you know, prophesying in the place today. And people are like, yeah, amen. And he goes, now, going back to the first prophetic word, who in here could tell me what that person said besides that person and his wife? And the whole crowd was silent. Because nobody could even remember the first prophetic word. So he said, you guys get really excited about the gifts of the Spirit, but you don't honor the voice of God. Because if it was really God speaking, you'd be paying attention. How many times have we felt guilty in this room where we walk out of here on a Sunday morning, we go get lunch, and people are like, how was the service? You're like, it was awesome. And they're like, what do you preach on? You're like, it was awesome. <laughs> Life-changing. I have no clue in the world what he preached on. I've been guilty. I've been the guy that preached it and walked off and was like, I have no idea what we just preached on, just to be honest. Give me a minute. It's going to come to me. Because we discard it so quickly. But what if we treated it like it really was the word of God speaking to us? And what if we really honored it that way, man? It would change the game. Let's keep going. Verse 26. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one's going to sing, another's going to teach, another will tell some special revelation that God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything is done that is done must strengthen all of you. Again, what's he talking about in this chapter? A lot of public exhortation. Verse 27. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. 
Hello. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. Hello. Going back to what I just gave you an analogy of. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. So, again, he's talking about the public exhortation. Two or three people with a message in tongues that comes forth, and somebody else comes up with the interpretation. Okay? So he's talking about that happening two or three different times within a church service. But did you notice that he says, hey, if no one's interpreting, then hey, just go ahead and remain quiet, no problem, and you could speak in tongues and pray to God privately. That's encouraged for everybody. No matter if there's 50 or 5,000 or 50,000 in the house, it's for you all the time. Be encouraged in that. Paul is clarifying for the Corinthian church, giving the message in tongues for the church meant to be interpreted. So not everybody when we gather is going to have that, but two or three at a time, we already talked about that. But don't forget that the gift of tongues is a twofold gift. The public edification side to be interpreted, and when that is interpreted, is the equivalent to prophecy. And the private prayer language side, or worship to the Lord, which is acceptable in a public gathering and does not need to be interpreted. So there's one that needs to be interpreted for the public edification piece, and there's another that does not need to be interpreted because it's private devotional piece. Are you guys tracking with me so far? I'm kind of hoping that you have at least a slightest bit of understanding of this gifting a little bit so that we can have something to work with and not have to start completely at square one. So I hope you're tracking with me. Verse 37. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. <laughs> Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Hold up. We got to see this. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him think of blah, 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 blah. Commandments of the Lord. I want you to catch that. These are commandments, not suggestions. Did you see that in scripture? These are commandments, not scripture. No, I'm sorry, not, what did I say? Suggestions. suggestions. I don't know what I'm talking about. Not suggestions. It is scripture. These are commandments. So I don't know about you, but when God throws out a harsh word like this is a commandment, I think we should pay attention to that. God is not, uh, he's not up there saying like, well, maybe if you feel like it, or if your church is more of a Pentecostal kind of church, and you guys like to have some fun, and you like, you know, if he's not saying that, he's saying this is the commandment from God. Hello, that's kind of a big deal. I'll put it back up once more. If anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, which we talked about last week. Earnestly go after that, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. So big. Don't hinder that in anybody's life. Here's the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin, which we talked about, was private prayer. So we did public edification, and then there's also private prayer. Let's go to verse 14 of the same chapter. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what should I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in words that I understand. Huh. You see, the spirit man is what is praying. You do understand you're made up of three parts, right? You have a body, you are a spirit, and you have a soul. You, know, you, have a, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Okay? So there's three pieces of you that make you you. 
It's your spirit man that begins to pray, being directed by the Holy Spirit himself. It's not necessarily a conscious thing. Praying in tongues or if the spirit, I'm sorry, praying in tongues is when the spirit bypasses our intellect and instead prays spirit to spirit. This is how we pray unhindered, perfect will of God prayers. But now here's where people get lost because they think that if they're going to pray in tongues, it is going to be this supernatural thing that's going to happen to them where they are going to be completely unconscious as if they're going to come up and they're going to begin praying. All of a sudden, they're going to fall into a trance and they're going to be stuck in a trance for six days, praying in spirit, mumbling to themselves. And they think, I don't want that. And I'm like, dude, I don't, maybe you don't. I might, maybe I do want that. I don't know. But I, I'm just sitting here letting you know they think that's not a conscious thing that's going to happen. Like God's just going to overtake you and you're, this is just going to happen, period. But the reality is, is that you have to give God something to work with. So even though it bypasses you're able to pray spirit to spirit, it's something that you initiate by choice. Very similar to faith. Faith is something that exudes from you. It comes out of you. You have a choice whether to put out faith or to not put out faith concerning something. But faith lives in a spiritual world. And that's where mountains are moved, and that's where things change. But where does it come from? It comes from your choice to believe or to not believe. When we pray with our intellect, we're limited by what we can pray. We are limited to what we know, what we can articulate with our words from our understanding. When we pray in tongues, we take the cap off of our understanding, and we begin to pray without limits. I love that. Because I feel very limited on how I could pray. I can't tell you how many requests I get. Be praying for me about this. Be we got a report on this. Be praying for me about that. I'm like, dude, I can't even keep track of all the people I'm supposed to be praying for. And I don't want to be the guy that's like, yeah, I'm totally going to pray for you. And I don't pray for you. Like, I want to pray for you. So I thank God. I can't tell you how many times I go and I pray in the Holy Spirit. And I say, Lord, the people that I, I've forgotten or that I can't remember what their request was or what was going on, I'll pray in the Spirit and say, God, you know exactly what's going on. And I'll pray in the Holy Ghost and I'll allow him to go and to intercede on my behalf and on behalf of the people that I'm praying for. He takes the lid off. There's a book I recommend this to everybody. My wife knows where I'm going with this. She's the one that introduced it to me. It's, by, it's called Experiencing the Spirit. Totally go buy it. Buy it on Amazon or something like that. It's by a man named Robert D. Heidler. Robert Heidler is an interesting guy. He used to be a Baptist, had, wanted nothing to do with the Holy Spirit in any way, shape, or form. In fact, he was at a very strong Baptist persuasion, and so they preached against this stuff. They were like, if you're in a place where they're talking about this, it's the devil. You need to run. Have nothing to do with it. One day he's at his house, and without even really asking for it, he must have had a hunger in his own heart for the things of God. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and starts speaking in tongues without even asking for it. And the same thing happens to his wife. In fact, they're so embarrassed about it, they're ducking each other because they don't want to tell each other what just happened. Finally, the truth comes out. They get together and they talk about what had happened to them, and God begins to unravel his tangled mess inside of his mind concerning the things of the Spirit, and he becomes so open to the things of the Spirit, he writes this incredible book. And in the book, he talks about prophecy, about the tongues, interpretation, all this stuff, and he really goes through a lot of really key things about uh, about this gifting. It's really good. Let me show you one quote from the book. He says this, when you pray with the spirit, on the other hand, the content of prayer is provided not by your mind, but by your spirit. You're still choosing to speak. Your mind is still conscious and aware, but the mind is unfruitful. It is not supplying, not even understanding the words that are spoken. When you're praying in tongues, your voice is an expression of your spirit. 
The Spirit is free to communicate directly with the Father without going through the filter of your mind. I love the way he puts that. I've had many experiences in my own life where I felt like that was the case, where I felt like I knew something needed to happen. I felt an unction in my own spirit from the, present, from the Holy Spirit residing me, telling me it's time to pray, and I didn't know what to pray for. I remember one time I tell this story often because it was just so profound to me. We were sitting on the couch watching TV, and I just felt it go like, whoom. Like it was almost like this hand just like landed on me, and the, and the Lord told me, you need to start praying right now. And we didn't know what to pray for. So I told the people I was with, I said, we need to pray for some reason. I just feel like we need to. And they were like, why? And I'm like, I, I don't know, dude. Just hit me like a ton of bricks. Let's pray. So we just started praying in tongues because we didn't know what else to pray for. Guess what? My phone rings a couple minutes later, and there was a person in our youth ministry that was this close to getting into an absolutely ridiculous car crash. And we had no idea. And it happened at the same time that the Holy Spirit told us to start praying. What were we doing? We were interceding by unction of the Holy Spirit for somebody for protection. And I believe, man, angels are dispatched. I believe taking place. Maybe there was some kind of spiritual assignment from the devil, and by we were there interceding on behalf and not knowing what we were praying for, God knew, and he sent and intervened on someone's behalf because there was someone willing to stand in the gap. Amen? What if we would have just discarded that? What if we would have just would have said, that's weird, you know, whatever, let's just keep watching the show, and just totally discarded it, and instead we might have got a phone call an hour later saying so-and-so is dead. Kind of important. Indeed. I had another story of, this is a family member of ours. I had it come in my mind so subtle. The Lord said, text this person and tell him you love him. It was so subtle. I can't, it wasn't like it hit me crazy. It was just real small. So I texted this family member. And I later find out, I didn't even know this at the time. This was months later. He, he texted me back and said he was done with his life. He was sick and tired of everything. He'd been so hurt. And he was about to kill himself. And he walked out of his house. He had his weapon in his hand, his gun in his hand. He was going to put it in his mouth and blow his brains out. And his phone vibrated in his pocket. And it was me telling him that I love him. And he said that was such a timely thing in that moment that he chose to put his weapon away. And now he's living so happy. And he's free from the guilt and free from the hurt and free from the pain that he had been suffering with, and he's let go of the bitterness, and God's done something amazing in his life through a text message. Don't tell me that not being sensitive to the things of the Spirit is not going to help change people's lives. Don't tell me that this is super spiritual. You and I need this in our life. And I thank God that I was willing to be sensitive that day to be able to actually do something with what I felt the Lord was telling me to do and not just discard it. And I apologize to the Lord and to so many others on the days that I miss it because I'm too busy. If we can just slow it all down a little bit, live a lifestyle of praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit, building up our inner man, and we would see these things begin to happen more and more and more. Amen? Amen. After Paul lists the whole armor of God, you guys know the armor of God, right? It's in Ephesians chapter 6. Remember, he's like, you need the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the girdle of truth, like the whole deal. We do it when we get in the car sometimes. We like pretend we put it all on. It's real fun. And so, but at the very end, in the same breath, as he's talking about the, the armor of God, Paul says this in verse 18. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. In other words, he's saying, don't just wear all the stuff. You need the courage to step on the battlefield. So guess what? Pray in the spirit at all times. 
Well, so when you're talking about the armor of God, don't miss praying in the Holy Spirit. Don't miss praying in tongues. That is designed to be equipping you just like the armor of God is. Amen? Very good. Often I found that when I pray in tongues, what I find out is that the Lord is actually steering my mind to certain things. It's almost as if he's cluing me into what I'm praying. So I may be praying in the spirit and it's being generated from my spirit. And as that's happening, I'll feel like my brain is kind of being steered by the Lord. And I'll be thinking about some of you. I'll be thinking about things that I want to do or stuff. And I'll be thinking about random people, people I met years ago. All this kind of stuff comes to my mind while I'm praying in the spirit. And I liken that to the Holy Spirit of God directing me on what I'm actually interceding for. I believe that's how it works. He's steering my mind and my intellect, which is absolutely amazing. I love that. There's a supernatural strength that comes into you when you pray in the spirit. It's, again, praying spirit to spirit. You guys can't talk about uh, tongues without going to Jude 20, Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's the most monumental verse for your personal edification. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the spirit. Pray in your prayer language. If I could help you with any key, any key at all that I think will drastically improve your relationship with the Lord, it's pray in the spirit. Is start praying in tongues. Get this give activated in your life through your hunger. Go after God. And I promise you, this will become the building block for everything else you need to do. Whenever I ask people often questions, I'll say, they'll say, well, I, should, I should read the scriptures. And I'm like, reading the scriptures is good. They're like, I should pray. I'm like, yeah, you should pray. That's good too. I should worship. They give me all these great answers. I'm like, all oh, those are great. But I got one that's better for you than all of those. It's pray in tongues. And they're like, Why? And I'm like, because when you'll pray in tongues, you'll develop an appetite for the scriptures. You'll develop an appetite to pray, an appetite to worship, an appetite to evangelize, an appetite to do all the things because you're filling your mind with the mind of God. You're, up, you're building up your own spirit with the Holy Spirit, putting a, a resurgence on the inside of you. Yeah. Mm, it's going to rock your world, man, I promise you. Have you been at a loss for words on how to worship God? That's where worshipful tongues comes to play. All the time when I'm in a place of presence and I'm worshiping God, I don't have a creative enough vocabulary to express to him how I feel. And so I'll worship him in my prayer language. And it's different than how I could just sing the next song. Singing songs is awesome. In fact, I'm going to call the band up because we're going to sing some songs. But I want to encourage you to get to a place in your own prayer life with God where when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you can sing in the Holy Spirit and you can begin to see this thing come out of you in a remarkable way that will build you up beyond belief. I promise you it will. As they're coming, the gift of interpretation of tongues is a very quick one. It's very, very short. Because it's pretty self-explanatory. It's also an inspirational gift. It's simply interpreting a public word in tongues into a language listeners can understand. So you might have seen this. Uh, we even had a, a tongue and interpretation only a couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning where someone just, there was a beautiful moment in worship and there was a, a message in tongues that came out and then somebody else stood up a moment ago and, and gave a word in English. It's very similar to prophecy, but it was just an interpretation of what had been spoken in tongues. I remember, I always tell this story when I share this, we hosted a conference, and when we hosted this conference, there was all these different churches that were present, and while we were there, we came up for the altar call, and there was this remarkable moment, it was really beautiful, and then all of a sudden, this girl gives out this message in tongues really loud, and I'm so nervous because there's all these different churches here, and I'm like, what do they believe? So I'm really scared, right, because I'm like, oh God, 
please, Jesus, somebody have the interpretation. And then all of a sudden I hear I'm up at the altar and I'm literally like, I'm just going to make something up, Lord, and pretend like I have the interpretation just because I'm scared. And that's not the wrong, right thing to do. Don't do that. But all of a sudden I hear footsteps coming up behind me. And wouldn't you just know it? It was my dear wife. And she was in the back praying. And trust me, she's not the girl that's like, oh, I'm going to get the interpretation. She's like, give it to somebody else, period. And I think it's because she's that way. God gives it to her. So she's in the back praying. And she, she explains like she had a, it felt like a fire in her belly that came up to her throat. And she just like, she just knew she had something that she needed to share. And so she came forward and she gave this incredible interpretation on the mic and saved the day and encouraged all the people. And it was this beautiful moment of seeing tongues and interpretation going hand in hand. Last verses here. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities that the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. So when a message in tongues comes corporately, seek for it to be interpreted so that everybody will be encouraged. Let me give you a key on how to see these things come to pass. If you'll pray in tongues privately, I believe God will build up a sensitivity on the inside of you, and he'll begin to utilize you to pray in tongues publicly. That could be interpreted. It's going to capture the attention of the people, believers and unbelievers alike. But it all boils down to you and I coming before God and saying, God, I, I just, I want this to be activated in my life. So here's what I want to do as we close out our services of 2019. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that all the weirdness would be removed, that all the fear of man, if anything breaks anything in here, I'm telling you, it's the fear of man, the fear of man, the fear of, I don't want to look stupid in front of everybody, so I'll just do nothing. That thing, that spirit has literally crippled the church from moving forward in so many ways. I'm not asking you to be weird for the sake of being weird. What I'm asking you to do is remove all the red tape and all the caution tape so you can allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life the way that he might want to. Hello. We need that. And we need to stop caring so much about what everybody thinks around us and start caring more and more about what he thinks. This will take your faith to another level. I want to pray for you to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke eleven thirteen. if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? If you'll ask, if you'll let hunger drive you, I believe a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, a fresh infilling of power will come upon your life. And it's something you absolutely need. It's a wonderful free gift from God that he has here waiting for you. Congratulations, it's your first Christmas gift. And he's sitting here saying, this is for you if you just want it. All you got to do is want it. Be willing enough to say, amen, God, I'm willing to do that. And then begin to receive prayer. And as you're being prayed for, worship God and open your mouth. And as you're beginning to pray, you don't have to force anything to happen. You just begin to pray, begin to speak out, and you just... When you're going to feel something or hear something come into your mind or into your spirit or you'll feel it in your throat and, and you just need to be bold enough to say, all right, I'm going to pray this out and I'm not going to care what anybody thinks. And it might be the activation of this wonderful gift in your life. And then it's taking it home. It's utilizing it while you drive, while you shower, while you cook, while you work, everywhere that you go. 
and it's going to do all the things we talked about tonight. It's going to build you up unlike ever before. It's a gift you need to utilize on a constant and consistent basis. So would you stand with me? We remove the weirdness. Robert D. Heiler says, speaking in tongues is just a matter of shifting gears. It's the same kind of internal gear shifting that takes place when you stop talking and begin singing. That's not weird for any of us, right? I could stop talking and start singing. And it's just like shifting gears from talking to singing. Same with praying in tongues. It's from praying in English like normal and shifting gears into a prayer language. That he will begin to awaken in you. If this is something you want, kind of want to make it intimate in here. Is there a way to bring these lights down? I don't know. I don't know how to do light stuff. But if there is, I want to just create an intimate vibe in here. And I want to welcome you to come forward. And it's just between you and God. I'm going to have my ministry team up here to pray for you guys. But I just want you to come. Let this be a thing between you and God. We'll lay a hand on your back. We'll pray for you. But let this be a thing between you and God. And let hunger drive you. As we begin to sing, you come forward. And you're officially dismissed. If you need to go and get your kids, go get your kids. But let this be a moment where you maybe linger for a little bit in the presence of the Lord. And let this thing get to you. Don't be robbed of that. Okay? You can feel free to come so that you can worship. And we want to pray for you up at this altar. So come on out. You are good. You're good.